0: Welcome to the PA Football Story Podcast, where your host, Chad Brewbaker, will sit down and talk to coaches and players to discuss the classic stories and rich history surrounding the game of football in Pennsylvania. Please hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform to get all of the latest content. You can also follow us on Twitter at the PA Football S1. Again, that's the PA Football S and the number one, or on our Facebook page, the PA Football Story Podcast. If you would like to contact us about advertising, please email us at PAFootballStoryPodcast at gmail.com. Today's guest on the PA Football Story Podcast is North Hills graduate and current head football coach of 5A state champion Pine Richland, Eric Kasparowicz. Coach Kasparowicz spent 11 years as an assistant coach and an offensive coordinator under Jack McCurry at North Hills before coming to Pine Richland eight years ago, where his record is an astounding 85-18 and 18 with two state championships. Here's your host, Chad Brubaker.
1: Okay, so I'm here today with uh, Coach Kasparowitz from Pine Richland. Coach, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me
2: on. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Thanks for thanks for being on. It's uh, I know everybody's busy and trying to navigate through all this uh, COVID nonsense and um, try to try to make our way through it and, and keep connected with kids. How are you doing with that type of thing?
2: Yeah, great. Um, you know, Pine Richland. You know, the school that I coach at is is always on the um, extreme safe side. So. We actually weren't allowed with the kids until last week. I mean, actually today's uh, one, two, three, four. It's our sixth workout in the offseason, so we've been we've been off for quite a bit. So it was it was good to get be able to get back in the weight room with the kids and start working out and getting somewhat back to normal. And now you know, with all the vaccines and stuff, that everybody's getting. I'm hoping here in the next couple of months we'll be back to
1: normal. That's great. You, how many guys can you have in the weight room? Are you still limited to a certain amount or?
2: Yep. We are limited to 25 at a time. So we're in there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from three to five. But that's that's doing our older kids. We do our 11th and 12th graders three days a week from three to four split up with linemen and skilled guys. And then we bring our ninth and 10th graders in Wednesday, Friday, three to four linemen, four to five skilled guys. So trying to do it the best we can and being spread so thin with staff. And I'm asking a lot of my staff now to be there to be able to police the kids and get them through workouts. It's tough, but you know, we're just blessed to be able to get back
1: in there. Yeah. I think we're going to hit the, hit it a little more, um, hit it harder when we get to the, you know, the spring sports season, just because of there's so many people want to be in the weight room right now, all the other sports and it makes it real difficult when you have to, you know, basically ladder it the way that we've had. So but this is the PA football podcast. So we want to talk about uh your your football stories. And you were a guy you went to you so I had Bob Palco on last time, and uh Bob said something that you know from the eastern side of the state we're not sure of. So he kept saying W P I A L. And I was always like, Well, Whippiel. So where are you at on that? Well,
2: Whippy's a lot easier to say, but yeah, we definitely say the WPIAL.
1: Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So you were a North Hills guy and you won a uh, state championship at North Hills. And obviously you had a lot of success at Pine Richland winning two state titles. So first thing I wanted to ask you, uh, and maybe, maybe they're all equal, but was it better winning a state championship as a player or is it better winning a state championship as a coach? Or are they different? Uh, yeah, it was
2: different. I don't know better, better. I don't know if I can say which one was better. I, I'll tell you which one. The ones as a coach were 100% more um, special, rewarding, just because as a player, um, you know, I think I think you kind of, at least I did, uh, we, we expected to be there. Now, some years we, we weren't as good, and then last year we were really good 15-0 and won a state title, but we kind of expected it, right? You go into every game thinking you're going to win, um, you know we knew we had a good squad that senior year and we were able to win the whole thing in dramatic fashion actually but it was just that was it you're a kid you you, you work hard you get to practice you play and you think you're gonna do it and and we did it and it was great it was a, obviously one of the best memories of my life my young life especially with with all my best friends but then you get to being a coach and you know chad i mean just as well as anybody it's it's hard i mean you're you're grinding every day and you know, you're just praying nobody gets injured and, and thing, right, I mean, right to win a state title. Yeah, you got to be good. You got to have good players, but you got to have a lot of luck, too, man. You got to stay healthy. You got to, um, you know, just week in, week out. I mean, heck, we were down 22 this year and we're fortunate to come back to just to make it to the state title game. And um, but, yeah, it, it just it was a lot more rewarding as a coach because you, you, you really appreciate all that goes into that, not just you, but your staff, your players, your community, your administration, everybody that's in it with you. Um, you really appreciate all that goes into getting there, let alone winning it.
1: Right. When you're young, you know, you, you're right. I think I was kind of expecting you to say something similar to that, just from the you know, perspective when you're young, it's just all right there and it, it seems a lot easier. And as you get older, everything seems more difficult because you see all the, variables that go into it you know so yeah as a player
2: i mean heck we didn't we got on the boss oh we're going to hershey or back then it was Mansion <laughs> park okay state title yeah great let's go tell us what time we'll be there i mean you don't as a head guy now you, you realize what goes into it and it's like man just you know it takes everybody
1: right so. right so i saw something interesting on twitter last uh week and i wanted to um get your reaction to it because it was a uh, western side of the state Uh, reporter who uh, tweeted out um, something I'm not gonna exactly quote it but I'll get pretty close that um, he doesn't know why anyone with a college scholarship would play in any postseason all-star game now you played in the big 33 when you were uh, when you were uh, a senior or after your senior year and you were headed off to um, be a pit panther and And uh, I just wanted to hear your reaction to that, because I always I don't know about you, but it takes a lot. Sometimes I wanted to tweet. That's a bad take on everything. But uh, I know, you know, we coached in the 2018 East West game and and had a great time. And I think to a to a kid, they would all say what a great time they had and a great experience. So I wanted to just hear your reaction to that.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that's, I mean, I could use some choice words there for that type of mentality, but I, I think that's the way that's the culture now. I mean, that's all like, like look at all these college guys opting out of their senior year, opting out of this opting. That's like almost like easy way out. I mean, what I would tell a kid, live your life, man. It's like, it's like, it's like all this specialization the kids are doing nowadays, not playing other sports and just focusing Be a kid, live your life. I mean, you have all these opportunities, you know, to, to play other sports and to play football. Then like you, you said to play in an all-star game, the big 33s, you know, up until a couple of years ago is arguably the best all-star game in the entire country, you know, right. I and mean, now they have these national ones that are hard to compete with a little bit, but I know here, in, at least in the tri-state area, we take a lot of pride with that. You know, the whole big, the whole Super Bowl um, history there, um, you know, and I, as long as you get the, 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 good, the, the well wishes from your head coach at the college you're attending, Right. Um, I think 100. You got to play it, and it, it's a shame when I see these kids, you know, opting out for whatever reason, and then people like like you mentioned with with that, I got to I got to look that up, and I got to hunt him down. Like
1: I'll yeah, good. No, I just think it's a bad take, you know, and I think I you're right. You know, I, I'm very proud of the fact that I think since 2012, we've had 11 or 12 kids have the opportunity to uh, compete in either the Big 33 or the East West game. Most of them in the East West game. And I'm really proud of the fact that our kids all chose to play in that game. And quite honestly, I have the conversation before and say, Hey, before I nominate you, you're committed to playing this. If you get chosen, yes. You know, and they've all honored that commitment. And um, I'm really proud of that as a program, because I think as much as the kids are excited to get into that game, they're also excited to, you know, represent our school and our community. And, you know, with, you know i have some theories about that too in terms of uh, kids transferring and and not being as tied down to or as deeply rooted maybe in in certain programs and then it's i think it becomes a little bit easier but i, I i'm guessing when you were chosen for the big 33 like that's something that never crossed your mind to opt didn't, out.
2: not 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 even no nah, yeah didn't cross my mind i mean back then too i think big 33 is doing a great job of staying up at the times you can't have the game in july anymore like it used to be because all right. the early everything's getting moved up right so they moved it up to a good weekend um like i said and i have four people playing this year and they all have okays from their coaches i can't imagine a coach saying no you can't play in that game you know right. so yeah it didn't cross my mind one bit
1: yeah i'm sure now there was um a 2006 article in the uh, Pittsburgh Tribune where you were named the best all around high school football player in ever to come out of the Whipple. And so I knew I, you know, I wanted to dig you a little bit on that because I wanted to throw some names at you and you say, you know, EK, or for instance, Mike Dicka, <laughs> you, you choose. <laughs> uh, but, uh, there, you know, the Whippeal has a huge, huge history and, uh, and long and storied history. And some of the names, you know, I didn't even realize that, uh, that Arnold Palmer and Stan Musial were from the Whippeal.
2: So, yeah. go ahead. T- ton, of, ton of history. I mean, obviously, not just football, but all sports. I mean, right. golf and Arnold Palmer and blah, blah, blah. You, you said it. But, yeah, no, I think the guy, that whoever, whoever whatever reporter, I don't know if it was Mike White or Chris Harlan, one of the big names out here. He must have been drunk when he when he put that out <laughs> or, or tallied the votes. No, but I I, I do have a memory of that. I mean, obviously, I was very humbled and surprised. Sure, it, I think that was a that was a very that was a popular vote. So that was uh, I think they did something on the internet where they put it out to whatever. So maybe I sure, a lot of people. from I'm the sure Georgia it was that best that all played.
1: around player. So that what that meant was you know offense defense. I don't know if you played special teams too when you were in in high school, but you know probably. Probably Tony Dorsett played some defense too. I want to see <laughs> <laughs> you know, when he was in high school. No doubt. But uh, you know Darrell Rivas came after you, but Lavar Arrington, you know, was was there in that article as well. And uh, even I saw you know Tito Francona, all right, uh, was was a whippy guy. And Terry's the yeah. longtime Lavar.
2: LeVar was my teammate and actually still a good friend. I still talk to him probably about once a month and um, yeah, great dude. I think he is, you know, without a doubt, you know, I've been around a long time playing and then coaching now, I think without a doubt, I mean, he's probably the best all around player to ever come out
1: of the whip. Yeah. LeVar does a great job on the national media too. I I think his takes are very uh, objective and uh, I tend to agree with a lot of his takes. Uh, He came out recently, and uh, was very critical of uh, Penn State and Jay Paterno in particular on uh, not renovating or continuing the renovation of the, the uh, Penn State facilities. So he's not afraid to speak his mind to, which is a nice thing to see, and, but still has a very, he's not just going for clicks or for or likes or anything like that. I think he seems to be someone who's very um, opinionated, but, you know, fact-based and not just out for sensationalism.
2: Yeah, he's, he's been that way for 30 years. I mean, since he was in high school and I played with him. He's, he spoke his mind, like it or not, man. He, there's nothing fake about him. So yeah. that's a breath of fresh air for sure. Yeah, it is.
1: It is, especially when he has the knowledge to back it up. You know, that. so many times there's guys that are just, you know, saying things to get people's reaction. I don't uh-huh. take that from him at all. Um, so... Yeah. So that's, uh, was quite an honor for you. You know, I'm a numbers guy. We, we coached each other coached against each other in East West game. And uh, I will admit uh, we lost 28 to 25. But I, I, you know, I'm a numbers guy, an offensive numbers guy, like we're going to go where the numbers are in our favor. And I, I think you're that type of guy too, just judging from the kind of offense you guys run it at, at uh, Pine Richland. But it was something was interesting in that game, and I don't know if you recall this or even if we got to watch the film afterwards. But um, you know, I was trying to run numbers in that game, and we had this running back named Sam Carr, and uh, we just, at some point, we just decided just give this dude the ball and you know forget the numbers, and and uh, he started he you know broke a couple tackles and got us back in the game if you recall. Um, so what's your offensive philosophy? If you had to, if you had to sum up your offensive philosophy, philosophy and say, you know, a sentence or two, um, what would you say, uh, is your philosophy? Yeah.
2: I mean, that's a good question. It's changed. I mean, early on, um, we, we try to evolve. We try to stay as cutting edge as we can, but we're going, we're going to, we're going to, you know, take the path of least resistance. I think that's a right. good way to put it. Um, we're, we're a no huddle spread, spread type offense, um, but we've evolved over the years. We were, you know, trying just try to stay ahead. I mean, we were 10 personnel, Baylor-esque, as wide open as you could be back in the 2013, 14 years when we lost in the state title to St. Joe's. And now we've kind of evolved slowly more into the, you know, we're into the RPO game. We've been there for quite a bit, but te- defenses are getting better. So now we're more 11 personnel and using the tight end, the Y off stuff a lot, um, dressing it up quite a bit. But to answer your question, I think just try to th- take take what they give us. You know, defenses right. are going to line up, and they're going to take something away. And I think as an offensive coach, as an offense um, philosophy, you know, I don't want to beat my head against the wall. I don't I want to take what they give us. You're going to stop the run, we're going to throw. You're going to stop the pass, we're going to run it. If you're going to try to do a little both, then we're going to be able to get in the best play each down and try to right. be as efficient as possible.
1: So Yeah, definitely. So you're – you're um, we'll, we'll circle back here real quickly. Um, your time at uh, university of Pittsburgh. Now, I saw something, I tried to do my homework here and I saw, you know, I'm not sure how many offers you had, but you definitely had an offer from Penn state and an offer from university of Pittsburgh. And I saw somewhere where you said you kind of decided to go to Pittsburgh because they said they were going to give you a chance at quarterback. And then two days in, they moved it to, to oh. safety, I think. Um You know, and again, just kind of where we started with this, you know, this conversation. uh, You didn't, you didn't decide you were going to transfer. You didn't decide that you were going to, you know, sulk or whatever you want to say. But how did you feel about that at the time?
2: Yeah, great, great question. I think I I credit my parents, you know, my mom and dad, for raising me the right way. I credit my high school coach for just instilling that team kind of philosophy team team mentality and myself that I got I got moved over I might have been sad for a day but it was like screw that I, I want to I'm gonna yeah. get, I'm gonna get a chance to play right I'm gonna i want to do whatever helps the team you know offense defense special teams whatever it was um yeah end of the day I chose Pitt because you know they were one of the schools that said I was gonna be able to play quarterback and sure enough two days later I got moved over <laughs> so I think that's recruiting that's the way that's the way it is right. um but
1: no I think I, did, I you have two bad days in, did you have two bad days in practice
2: uh, I think they had that. I think that was written a long time ago. Even, yeah. even like, you know, Penn State and Syracuse, a lot of those. Well, we're going to bring in an athlete or we're going to, you know, and, um, let's face it. I think I was 10 years too early, you know, six yeah. six foot one, barely. It was the, in, back in the 90s there that that was the era of the six five quarterback being a Penn State guy yourself. Right. You know, that was. um Mick Sorley and, and even the big timer before him with um, Kyle Brady, who was a the quarterback then. Uh,
1: Kerry Collins.
2: Kerry Collins. Yeah, the whole five, seven step drop under center stuff. It wasn't until probably I was just getting out. That's when kind of Drew Brees came through and Purdue running the spread that, you know, that was probably more, would have been more my ticket. But hey, everything happens for a reason. Uh, I had a great career at Pitt, met a lot, a lot of great people, and, you know, kind of put me to where I am today. And I couldn't be more blessed.
1: Sure, and that's a good lesson, too, is kind of roll with those. Uh, I mean, I don't even know if you viewed it as a setback, but roll, roll with the adversity and, and just fight through it, and you're going to be rewarded in the end. You know, uh, short-term, short maybe you didn't really like it, but the long-term, it's worked out because you did it the right way.
0: Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show.
1: So, yeah, you know, I sometimes think. Well, I think I think you're right. Now the now the whole uh, when Drew Brees first came out and uh, and uh, Blaine Gabbert and some of those guys that were just barely six six feet tall, you know, it was good. It was good because, but it took a while it took a while for everybody because they were like unicorns, but every six foot quarterback in the country thought they could go to Purdue or Missouri (laughs) because they were, you know, six foot, six foot one. But yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. crazy how it changed. I mean, I don't know. Just off
2: the top of my head and I'm not, I'm not as quick witted as I wish I could be, but I bet you the 32 NFL quarterbacks right now, the starters, just going off the top of my head, I bet you, if not half, probably thirty-five percent are six foot. You know, right yeah, around that area. Right. You know, Russell Wilson, go down right. the list there. Um, I mean, the the guy from Washington State now, what's his dude, the mustache guy? I mean, just going on and on. I mean, they're not not big dudes anymore.
1: You know, the guy in Arizona,
2: yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It, it is changing. interesting.
1: It's going back to it's going back to you know being overall all around athlete. Um, as opposed to, you know, a stand in the pocket kind of guy. Although there's certainly a place. It's nice. The nice thing, I think, and I agree with you, the nice thing, though, is that there's a place for guys if they can play. Um, yep. It doesn't necessarily, you know, lock you out if you're not the prototype. But so talk about a little bit about, um, you know, your time at, at Pitt. You know, you, um, Moved to safety, then you moved up to outside linebacker, um, you know, not as much of a transition anymore, I think, because defenses are trying to be faster. But again, that was kind of a different thing back then.
2: Yeah, that, that's uh, so I, I moved over to safety and this is actually as a true freshman, um, I played my first game, so I moved over the second day we had an injury. So I was kind of the backup free safety. And then that first game we're playing the university of Texas um, at Pitt stadium, my true freshman year. And I probably played 15 snaps. I was on the nickel package. I played on all the special teams, yeah. um, but I didn't get red So I played four years straight out. I played a lot early as a freshman, which was real exciting. Um, sophomore year. I, I kind of was the same. Didn't quite make, make, make much headway. Didn't start any games. And then all of a sudden my junior year, I was named the starter. Um, like you said, it was kind of ahead of the time, a strong safety, but more times than not, I was down in the box. Okay. And, you know, creating those eight-man fronts, which was kind of in vogue there. Uh, I mean, everybody knows about Virginia Tech, but uh, our D coordinator at Pitt, Larry Corrier, was just as good as him, and he, he was in the NFL for a number of years, but we made some hay there in the late 90s with that eight-man front defense and playing cover nine, robber coverage, which was real trendy back then, but able to stop the run and you know, I think kind of really started the whole Michigan state deal stuff now and kind of gave me a yeah. lot of the same philosophies I'm we're doing on defense now, but, um, yeah. Uh, so I started my junior year and then the third game we're at Ohio state, uh, the fourth play of the game, I tore my ACL. So I, I missed my tie. And unfortunately I was, if you play in that third game, it was actually the fourth game, third play. You, you're not eligible for a medical redshirt. So I lost that whole season came back as a senior, uh, Ended up being the Will linebacker, which is pretty much the same position. Right. Started the rest of my senior year. Lost a little speed. Had a couple tryouts. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to play in Canada, but I was kind of at the point now where I wanted to I wanted to go coach and uh, coach football, um, and then right. I was just kind of making the decision there. Do I go teach and coach high school, or do I go to college route? Um, you know, talked to a lot of my mentors, a lot of coaches, and ended up, you know, coming back to my alma mater, coaching high school, and. You know, the rest is history.
1: Yeah, the um, you played for Johnny Majors.
2: Johnny Majors for three years, and then Walt Harris was oh, okay. my senior year. He he came in and kind of um, really turned the program around. Johnny Majors was an awesome guy, great great figurehead, but we couldn't get over the hump. I think my my three years under Johnny Majors, I think we were three and eight, four and four and six, and maybe five and seven, and then Walt came in. And we were literally a, a thirty-second fade fade ball away from being Big East champs. We ended up being seven and five, um, being second in the Big East, and going to the Liberty Bowl and having a great, great senior year.
1: So, um, your junior year when you had that injury, uh, how'd you how'd you how'd you deal with that and overcome that?
2: Yeah, it was tough. And, and ironically, um, that was my second ACL. I, I tore my, I tore my other acl as a freshman at north hills i was uh, the starting quarterback i think it was like the third game of the year tore my left acl came back finished my career went to pit junior year at pit tore the acl again it was devastating you know but but i've been there i knew i could come back and you know no other choice you're gonna fight or you're gonna quit and you know you fight and you you work back and you know i think that's again a good another life lesson you know you're gonna get knocked down what are you gonna do you're gonna quit and go cry about it you're gonna work right. hard and get back and, I came back and had you know an awesome, awesome senior year. I mean, albeit you know, I definitely lost a step and whatnot, but I think I was third on the team in tackles. And I was again just kind of a tweener at the position I was. I was in. I was uh, kind of that strong safety, outside backer deal. I wasn't quite fast enough, to be honest, to play in the NFL as a as a defensive back. I think I was a right. you know, four six five guy, and I quite wasn't big enough to be that kind of outside backer type guy they're looking for either. So. Right. It all worked out for a reason, but um, you know, learned learned a lot of great lessons along the way.
1: You wanted to talk about uh, something with Peyton Manning. You have a Peyton Manning story.
2: Yeah, so that's that's kind of my any 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 opportunity that I have to speak at banquets or whatnot. That's usually my op- opening joke. Um, but yeah, so back to high school, to the quarterback situation. Myself, Peyton Manning, uh, Josh Booty. I don't know if you remember that name, but there yeah. was there was LSU. Yep, the Parade All American was a big, big deal back then uh, because it, there was no internet, so you'd wait till Sunday. You get that public. Yeah, right, right, right. So yeah, myself and you know, end of the year we want to state title. Uh, we get the Parade magazine, and sure enough, I'm one of the ten quarterbacks in the across the whole country that are one of the Parade All American quarterbacks. You know, so I feel pretty good about myself, and you know, I go on and we kind of talked about how the the position change happened, but that's kind of what I say now is Peyton Manning and I were the same. We were both parade on right. quarterbacks and now he's a multi-billionaire and I'm sitting here ho- coaching high school, coaching football. high
1: school football. Yeah. yeah. So. They don't quite pay. They don't quite get the same pay. Ah, a little different. <laughs> I, yeah. I got my complaints in. There's no doubt. <laughs> Well, you, uh, then you came back and you, uh, you coached for 11 years as an assistant. So it's, it's really interesting. I think from that standpoint too, because I, I I'm, I'm similar in that I coached a lot of years as a coordinator and, and, and was really happy doing that, um, not trying to necessarily become a head coach at the age of, you know, 28 or 29 or whatever, um, because I really think it's important to – you know, high school coaching is not X's and O's. That's about, mm-hmm. you know, even 25% of the, that might be a high number. Um, but you put your time in under uh, Coach McCurry and um, 11 years as assistant coach. You know, what are things that you took from that experience?
2: Yeah. it's never the most
1: important.
2: Legendary Coach Jack McCurry, you know, one of the best to ever do it in the state of Pennsylvania. I mean, tremendous guy. I played for him, and then I was able to coach under him, like you said, for 10, 11 years. Um, I had the opportunity, like you said, I think it was five years in. Um, I interviewed and got offered the head job at Avonworth High School, which is a small single way school out here in Western PA. They actually made the state title game, I think, two years ago and lost to that powerhouse of well, Southern Columbia, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I, I, I passed on it. You know, I, I, for whatever reason, just talked to some people and decided to stay with Coach McCurry because, you know, he was going to only have a couple more years left, and that was my alma mater, and I was going to hopefully stay on there, at least have the opportunity to um and every year under coach McCurry I was proud to say and again we had a great staff and obviously coach McCurry's record we won nine nine games every year just couldn't quite get over the hump You always would make that first you know we call it the whippy WPL playoffs you guys call it I think districts out the rest yeah, of the state right. but we'd always make that district semifinal game or maybe the championship game and we could never beat that team we'd always be a top four team and you know quad a back then the biggest classification right. or maybe top eight team for sure but couldn't quite get over the hump but learned a lot of great lessons. Um, I was an assistant for a number of years, offense coordinator for about the last five. Um, And then, you know, 2010, 2011, I was kind of ready to make that move. We were kind of just stagnant and I I've always had my eye up North, right? North Allegheny was just really coming into the fray. They were our big rival in North Hills. Um, And then Pine Ridge. And you always kind of knew it. We played them from like 07 to 2010. And I kind of, just viewed them as the next North Allegheny it was a, it was a great place to raise a family everybody seemed to be moving north from the city uh, a lot of new homes going in there they had a great facility built a brand new stadium back in 2001 and we played them and we beat them I think the four years we played them at North Hills but they were just a, a bunch of tough kids that just needed a little direction and it, you needed a culture change and so that was something that I was eyeballing and then right around that time 2010-11 I kind of had to sit down with Coach McCurry and said, how, how much longer do you got? Because I'm ready. And he told me he still has another three, four, four years left. And I shook his hand and said, thank you. But, you know, I'm going to move on. And I, I put in up there and was the OC at Pine Harrison for two years under Coach Ultimas, who who's an awesome uh, coach. Who made a state final and, I think, go to and lost in one of the probably most historic games in PA football history. And that snow missed the extra point And they ended up losing, I think, 47-48. But, um, yeah, I went up with him. And two years later he stepped aside and, and I've been there ever since. Um, but yeah, it was a job that I kind of saw from afar that you could go up there and you put the right thing in place. You could, you could, you know, have, have a good career and that's where I built a home and you know, raised my family. So been blessed for sure.
1: That's really interesting actually, uh, other than not playing at Pitt and being a parade all American, our coaching careers, um, parallel, um, uh, pretty closely in terms of, uh, you know, putting your time in and then kind of saying, okay, to the head coach, all right, how much, how many uh, more years, you know, Doug Doms Uh and uh, Doug said to me at the time, this is 2010. Doug said, well, I have about two or three more years. Here we are 11 years later, Doug's Doug's still the head coach at Wilson. So it was a, uh, it was a good move for me in terms of, you know, what I wanted to uh, try to accomplish. And uh, yeah, there, there's, there's Doug's probably going to go another 10. He'll, I'll probably be retired before he is.
2: Well, that's funny you say that because uh, we played them back in, I think, 14, I believe, in the state semifinals, Coach yep. Doms. I know back then, yeah, he, I mean, I just knew a legendary guy. He looked like Santa Claus. <laughs> um, But, yeah, that was a, that's a great program, obviously. And, um, But, yeah, I, th- I think there's something to be said for, you know, not rushing out and just trying to be a head coach. You know, yeah. and, and putting your time in and doing it the right way. And then when you're ready, you're ready. And I think you can right. do it. Then then you could really put your stamp on a program. Right.
1: So that would make you eleven years or how many years now at Pine Richland as so a head coach? This will,
2: this will be nine coming up as a head coach. So I have eight in. This will be my ninth year coming up and eleventh overall. Okay. Yep.
1: So um two state championships. I know the last year that you had some uh dramatic games in the uh Uh, especially in the, I think, the state semifinal, correct?
2: Yep, Governor
1: Mifflin, yep. And uh, you were down early. They were a a loaded team with a lot of ability, and and you guys fell down early, had a couple of uh, uncharacteristic interceptions. Um, And uh, what did you say to your guys at halftime? What was the score at halftime?
2: Yeah, so we were down 21 early. We battled back. I think we got it to halftime. I think we were down nine. It was something like... 22, 13, something somewhere in there. So we battled back and made it, you know, within reach, um, just not to quit, just keep, keep fighting. I mean, we play arguably played our worst half ever in the three years that senior group was kind of together. Right. Um, you know, and, and not that we've been there before, but we, we've faced adversity before and heck sure enough came out and got down again. We got down even more. We were ended up being down 22. Right. Um, you know, and, and to be to be quite frank, great team, great players, and they got I think the number one tailback coming back next year, and Nicholas Singleton, and the whole right. entire country got Alabama offers, etc. Um, but we fed right into their game, and they run that the 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 veer option, right? It's right. like Novocaine. You know, you just give it time, right. it'll work. Um, and when I think we threw picks the first three drives, gave them three touchdowns, twenty-one nothing. I mean, it was like boom. Uh, I think you know it was they had the 8, the twenty, and the fifth, whatever it was. It was fed perfectly into their system. So we're down, and all they could do is just hand the ball off to the fullback, right? Veer, right. veer, 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 midline, veer, midline, and back and forth. Um, but we were able to battle back. Then finally, we made a couple adjustments, got some stops, we got some scores, um, and you know, ultimately at the end, we got a big stop. We scored to take the lead. They drove down. I'm sorry, we scored to tie it up. They drove down took six, this is fourth quarter, took six minutes off the clock, <laughs> drove down right. to kick a field goal to take the lead. We got it back. Two plays later, our quarterback broke a 50-yard run down the sideline to take the lead. And I think they had they, they had two plays. They had a third down. We had a big sack. And um, again, put them out of their game, right? They, they couldn't throw it to, to come right. back to win it. And that was, we kind of knew you know, it was in our hands at that point. But great program. Their coach, they had a great scheme. And, you know, credit to them. Um, they were able to keep the ball out of our hands whenever whenever they had the lead and yeah but it was it was a i mean I probably i mean other than the state championship game that um, you know as a quarterback that I played in um, one of the craziest games I've ever been a part of i mean awesome memories
1: yeah i actually watched part of that online but i couldn't watch the whole thing you know it was uh, at the run kids here and there you know so <laughs> yeah no i i feel i mean people ask me you know I think if, if
2: we want to turn the ball over, I think we would have, you know, won the game on say handily, but, you know, maybe by a score or two. Um, but just when, when you're down like that and they can just, you know, cause they're not, let's face it. If it's an even game, they're not just going to stay in there. They're going to try to throw and take a chance on third down. Whereas right. they didn't, they could just hand it, hand it, hand it, hand it. And, you know, literally three yards in a cloud of dust. Uh, but great program. I have so much respect for, for coach and what he, what he, he's done out there. And I think they're going to be back. I know they got Singleton back and a lot of other guys. So, yeah. um, you know, I'll, heck, if we can make it that far again, I'll, I'll be a happy guy.
1: You've had some, uh, it's an understatement actually to say you've had some pretty good quarterbacks over the past eight years. Um, is that a coincidence or like, what do you attribute that to?
2: Yeah. Um, well, Phil Drakovic is, obviously that's an anomaly that's that's a kid you get once every decade if that i mean tremendous athlete physical specimen um and ben dinucci um albeit ben you know you come watch him i'll send you some tape as a sophomore he was very average um i think you know we only won five games and as a junior um you know i think we were like eight and three but just, just kind of a you know Again, he had great arm talent, but as a a quarterback, you know, average. But then as a senior, the work he put in, and obviously he sees what the Dallas Cowboys now went to Penn, um, actually then could be committed, went to Pitt, and then didn't play there and went to JMU and had a great senior campaign at JMU. But great arm talent. Um, But I I think a lot of it too is, is, you know, it's it's partially the system as well. I mean, it's putting your kids in good situations. Now, obviously, they got to have talent, they got to work at it. But you know as well as I do, I know you like to throw the ball around a little bit. Um, you know, it's it's the system. I mean, you can't. You know, I've seen a lot of good quarterbacks in bad systems perform poorly. Right. You know, how much do you bigger.
1: put on your quarterback at the line of scrimmage? How a much ton. do you put on the quarterback?
2: A yeah. ton, and, and that comes with years. Like like I said, when right. he's a sophomore. We keep it kind of limited as a junior, a little more, and as a senior. I mean, Cole Spencer this year, he's not like yeah. playing call it football in college now he could he he could play at that fcs level um but he's going to go wrestle at penn but the the strides he made from a sophomore to a junior to a senior and he's five foot ten on a great day um but just tremendous competitor um wanted to get better and he and he he could make any any throw now it wasn't even have the arm talent that those other two had but um doing things within your system to make him have the ability to be successful um, I think is a difference there, but yeah, we've been blessed. I mean, no doubt. And I think it's a, I think it's a culture and it's a, it's a, um, it's a program thing. I think, you know, our k- young kids right now, I hope in the fifth and sixth and seventh grade, are looking up and they want to be the next Cole Spencer or the next Phil recover or the next Ben DiNucci. Right. Um, so I think it kind of, it starts young and they see see what's going on up there. And, you know, I think it just all comes back to the culture you build at the program. Um But no, I'd be, I'd be, Stupid to say we haven't had great players, to so we? Without a doubt, yes. have. But I think I think they go hand in hand because, trust me, you know, even as a player, um, or even as a young coach. You remember Anthony Morelli? He was a sure. big-time quarterback. Went to Penn State. He was, you know, the big gunslinger out of Penn Hills. But no offense to Penn Hills at the time, but their offense stunk. I, I, I bet you he didn't <laughs> I bet you he didn't throw for seven hundred yards right. as a senior, just because it was a poor system. Now he was obviously. Very, very physically gifted. He was six foot three, six foot four, maybe taller. Two hundred ten pounds. He can throw it like crazy. But you put him in a football game. I don't think they made it past the quarterfinals. Um, and, and didn't have any stats. Not that stats mean anything. But you know, he didn't produce. Right. A high school quarterback is what I'm getting at. Right. So no. I think they go hand in hand.
1: And that was the big uh, Chad Henney Anthony Morelli war uh, that was mm-hmm. happening, and that was happening in Pennsylvania at the time. So I was on the other side of that. <laughs> yeah so may, maybe to that exact example may, say
2: they're say they're equal talents equal arm talents equal body style that's the physical type people but chad obviously had a lot more success in high school at wilson maybe he was in a little better system maybe it was a little more i'll say quarterback friendly but i think you know what i'm getting at Oh, it certainly um, was more yeah it
1: was definitely more quarterback friendly no doubt yeah no doubt so so um where are you going from here i know you're really uh you're really embedded into the Pine Richland School District. Your your kids go there, and um, you know that's I'm sure something that you always think about. But you know, are you going to retire a uh, Pine Richland head football coach? I uh, have an inch.
2: Yeah, you never know. No, I, yeah, I, I mean, I do have an edge. Um, you know, I was actually just I was a finalist for the pit linebacker job about three weeks ago. I don't know if anybody knew that. I kind of kept it hush hush. Um, but that was the only real job that I would go that right now, the only thing I would do would be a power five job and pit really, because I wouldn't have to move my family. I wouldn't have to uproot them. I could still be around and be a present father. That's my biggest, my biggest scare. Cause I'm in a great situation, a great school district, um, great support from administration, all that. Plus my son who's going to be a freshman next year is coming up through the program as a young quarterback. And I would love the opportunity to coach him. So again, unless Pitt would come knocking and not in, even then I'd have to think hard. I'd like to experience coaching my son here in the next three years. And then after that, maybe make the jump. Um, right. you know, so it, it is intriguing again. I was talking to my wife about it when I was going, it was the worst three weeks of my life just because it was, <laughs> you know, the interview process. I went through three rounds of interviews and finally came down to where I didn't get the job, but I was ready to take it. You know, I, was, yeah. I met with, I met with Peaser's retirement and this and that. And, you know, what are we going to do here and there? And it was, you know, talk about stressful, but um, just that possibility of it's intriguing. Cause you you know, you want to try to keep going professionally and challenge yourself professionally. Uh, But I didn't need it. That was the big thing. I didn't need a job. Like I love what I'm doing. So it was was, in my mind, it was win-win and you put, put your, you know, put in the hands of the Lord and wherever, whatever's going to happen happen, you have faith. And, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. So.
1: Yeah, that's, um, you know, so, uh, that's a similar thing. You know, my son's going to be a senior at Wilson. Um, I don't get the opportunity to coach him and they actually dropped us. So I don't get a chance to uh, compete against him, uh, which we were both actually looking forward to. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, all that stuff, there's so many variables to everything that we do anymore. And, and, uh, I appreciate you, um, you know, I think your priorities and your, and your, the way you view things are very similar to my own. And I appreciate that because I think there's a lot of guys that, uh, you know, would, would sometimes act outside of their own interests or their family's interests. And, and you seem to have that uh, right in line with your philosophies. Yeah. No, I
2: appreciate that. And, uh, and you, you mentioning Wilson and, and, you know, your son going there. So my high school, uh, or my college roommate and still a good friend to this day, Matt Lytles from the Y. Missing area. Right. I don't know if I've ever crossed paths with him, but he, I, I don't. He, I
1: don't know him, but I knew the name from you know from him being a Division One uh, recruit yep, at yep. Y. Missing. So. A lot. A lot of good
2: football. I mean, I, I tell you what. I mean, we don't get to see you guys often, but back in '14, we had an epic battle with Wilson. I mean, we were able to pull it out in the fourth quarter, and then this past year, uh, well, Manheim Township. I know yep. that's not quite that area, but right near there. I mean, we had a battle with them. I mean, not as bad in 17. And then this past year, you know, with Governor Mifflin just gave us a handful. So a lot of credit. Is that, That's District 3, correct?
1: Yeah, that's District 3. Yeah. Uh, we, actually are, we actually are playing our non-league schedule coming up. Uh, we're going to be road warriors. We're going uh, week two all the way to Chambersburg. Week uh, three, Cumberland Valley and Josh Oswalt, they come to us. And then we're. Our, I'm sorry, no. We go to Cumberland Valley, and then Manheim Township. You know, uh, wow. is coming to us. We game four, so we have. Uh, we try to get out too, and try to you know, on our non-league schedule, um, get out to District Three. Even though you know, I like to collect playoff points if we can. You know, <laughs> yeah. No if we can get wins, you know. So yeah, but
2: I, I got a lot of respect for the football East. You know. Yeah. Uh, especially being there and playing those teams, we've had some epic battles. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get get that opportunity in the future.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you're busy. Maybe you have a dentist appointment this afternoon or whatever. So I appreciate you fitting me into your schedule. So um, best of luck. And uh, obviously Pine Richland's on everybody's radar uh, heading into 2021, coming off a state championship. So It's good to be on top, but everybody's looking for you. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, I appreciate (laughs) you having me on, Chad. All Uh, right. It's a pleasure. Anytime. All right, Eric. Have a good one. You too.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the PA Football Story podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook or on our website, pafootballstory.podbean.com, where you can subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast platform or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating, a follow, a like, a share, or just simply tell a friend about the show.